I guess I, I'm turned on. All right. Good to see everybody. Hadn't got a chance to look around and see who all's here uh, tonight. Was glad to see you. I don't have much of a lesson tonight, uh, but I have a monster introduction. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long introduction, but the, the lesson is not going to be <laughs> all that long. We're sure glad to be here, and I hopefully I'll see you all uh, tomorrow night as well with the young people. Uh, I have a reason for doing this lesson. This may not be one of your favorite lessons, but I, and I will let you know why, I guess, as we get toward the uh, latter part of it. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And like I say, I'm going to uh, do some rather lengthy reading here just a little bit. The lesson will be short, but uh, the information hopefully will be helpful for us. I guess it was about A.D. 19. Lady was there and she noticed something different with her health. And she noticed that something had changed in her body and that she had a bleeding. And little did she know at that time as that started that, you know, this would go on and this would change her life. And uh, so we leave that scenario there for a while, and also about A.D. 19, somewhere in that neighborhood, there was another event that happened, and a baby girl was born to a family, and what a joy that was, I'm sure, as parents would make plans and think about this precious gift from God. This writing that's happening is somewhere in the neighborhood of A.D. 31, uh, but let's, let's read, and again, I'm going to read just a little bit uh, uh, on this lesson here, and I think you'll get this as we get to the last part. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 1 says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that, he had a, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on land. Jesus was teaching there, and he had a great message. He was going to teach that multitude, and they were there to listen to see what Jesus was going to say. And Jesus starts pretty much with the beginning. As you look again in verse, uh, go down to verse 30 and verse, uh, through verse 34. And he, here's his message and he starts where it all starts. He starts with faith. Whereunto, he says, he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth, but when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And so Jesus was given that great lesson, the indication about how faith is and how important it is and how small that mustard seed is and how great faith would grow because of it. And so as we continue think, uh, the thought as he's talking about uh, faith there, look at verse 35 and 36. And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. He says, I'm going to pass over. I've had that message. 
But now I want to go over to the other side. And so he goes over uh, to the other side. And during this period of time, the last parts of this, uh, this chapter, verse 37 through the end of this chapter, it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest not, thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Notice verse 40. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? He'd just been talking to them about faith. And now here's a demonstration of his folks, his people, his disciples that have demonstrated on this boat they have demonstrated the fact that they have zero faith. You'd think the disciples being around Jesus, and basically what does he say? What are you worried about? If death comes your way, then so be it. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now then you get to the other side. You've had a demonstration of Jesus when he's talking about the faith and how it would increase as a mustard seed, then you have an example where there's no faith. And then in Mark chapter 5, he goes to the other side and guess what? There on the other side, he meets the unclean spirit, the demon, legion, there. He comes over and he saw this man, verse 3, had his dwelling among the tombs, and nobody, no man could bind him. No, not with chains. It says they've tried it over and over again. He'd break it. Nobody could tame him. See that in verse 4. He was going about in verse 5, night and day in the mountains, in the tomb, crying, cutting himself with stones. Well, this is a bad Halloween story here. It's scary. But when he saw Jesus far off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thy son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Here's a man that could not be tamed by any man. They tried. They had tied him up. They bound him in chains. He'd always broke those chains. No man could tame him. But yet when he sees Jesus and Jesus comes on the scene... He realizes who he is and he says in other passages, have mercy on me, you know. And he says, I adjure thee, torment me not. Because this is Jesus, the son of the most high God. He recognized some things, according to, and, and as we read in James chapter 2, verse 19. Here was a person that demonstrated his faith in Jesus more so than his very disciples. And you know the story. Of how Jesus healed that man. Yes, Jesus could tame him. No man could, but Jesus could. And how there he was seen sitting clothed and in his right mind. And of course this caused all kinds of stir. In Mark chapter 5, verse 17. It says, and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Jesus, leave. Jesus had delivered the sermon. He had a, certainly a, a show and tell from his disciples of their lack of faith. 
And then he goes into the other side, which was notorious for gangsters. And that legion recognized him as the son of the most high God. And then he's asked to leave. Now, that's half of the introduction. And here's the other half of the introduction, then we get into the lesson. Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through verse 24. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. He was nigh to the sea. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, life at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now let's get the picture here, and we'll start the lesson. Jesus has been there. He's been proclaiming his message. He'd had a demonstration of it, both in a negative sense, bad in a positive sense. They have asked him to leave. If you notice, as we read it, that he went over to the other side, and there were a lot of other little ships there that went over the other side with him. Here we're introduced to a person that's daughter is sick, nigh unto death. And his name is Jairus. And if you look over to Luke's account in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, you're going to see a statement made there concerning this same event that those people were all waiting on Jesus to come back. He'd started his mission there. He went over to the other side. He dealt with the legion. And they've asked him to leave and he's coming back. And guess who possibly anyway is waiting on him? None other than Jairus. And I can see as Jairus is waiting on Jesus to come back. And again, I don't know how many of those other little ships were there. They probably were just basic little Ships that look just alike. And I can see him as he stands there. And I want to ask him some questions. Jairus, don't you have some work to do? Don't you need to go and, and, and hold your daughter? She's at her last. Are there not a whole lot of other things you do? And you're standing here waiting on Jesus. And no doubt. We know why he's waiting on Jesus. Because Jesus was the only hope he had. I picture Jairus as he's there standing on the bank. And I picture him as all those little ships start coming by. And I picture him looking in there and all oh, any of those ships will do, don't you guess? Which ship? They all look alike. You can't tell anything about the ship. Oh, there's a ship. I bet not one of them. Now, don't turn me off yet. I bet not one of them. He was looking for whether they had a piano or not. Now, listen to me. I'm totally opposed to the use of mechanical instruments of music in worship. Everybody understand that? That's how I feel. But he wasn't looking whether they had the piano or not. I don't think he was looking in that ship's there. I wonder if they're partaking of the Lord. I don't know if they do this every Sunday, and I'm not suggesting that was even Sunday. 
evil son. I wonder if they're partaking of the Lord. I wonder what they're teaching. I can tell you without any reservation, Jairus was looking for one boat. And it wasn't a boat that looked different. And I can see him peering in. I don't see the person I'm looking for. Now. What boat are you looking for anyway, Jairus? Well, you go back to Judges. You go, or uh, Joshua, excuse me. Joshua, you go back and you look at when Rahab, the harlot, hid those spies. And she asked the favor of those people. You saved me in my house. All right. What was the requirement? Get them in your house. Put the scarlet cord outside the window. Those guys are built on top of the wall. They probably look like two, I imagine. How are you going to know which one's right out? I'll tell you the one which is right out. It's the one that had to go to, uh, had a scarlet cord out. That's the only house where salvation was. You want to know what ship J. Iris was looking for? His daughter's at the point of death. I can tell you without a uh, reservation that J. Iris was looking for the boat, the little ship that had Jesus in it. And today, in our church, we can have the right sign. And we can sing a cappella, which, by the way, that word means in the style of the church, I'll tell us something. We can sing a cappella. We can believe in taking the Lord's Supper every first day of the week and all these things. That we can believe in baptism for the remission of sin. Let me tell you what, Jesus. It's not in your little ship. You're in the wrong ship. Jesus. That's who I'm looking for. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. And so as this story uh, goes on, you know, uh, again, it's a very special little ship. And again, Jesus has a very special little church as well. He tells Peter after he's asked the question, whom do men say that I am? They give the answer, and they talk about uh, Jer John Baptist, Jeremiah, uh, one prophet, you know, I was one of the prophets. Uh, uh, who do you say? Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. I said, art thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, and not reveal this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build all of my, no, on this rock I'll build my church. Which one? It's the one that Jesus owns. It's the one that Jesus owns. And so we look at this and then as we study this and we get into verses 25 through 34, I'm not going to read all that, but, oh, wait a minute. Let's go back to the introduction just a little bit. Jesus is going, Jairus is waiting. Jesus is going to heal his daughter. And as he starts, this woman, this woman that I identified about in AD 19 that started having this disease, she'd had this disease for 12 years. And so she's just, she's just thinking, you know, if I can just touch the hem of this garment, I can be made whole. <coughs> Again, remember, we talked about faith. And Jesus is going. And the multitudes are pressing him. And he has the audacity to say to those groups who touched me. 
And maybe they were saying, you know, in our own language, who didn't touch you? You see all this multitude thronging you, and you act, you know, everybody bumping up against Jesus. Oh, it's not the same to bump up against him. You've got to touch Jesus. Even the hymn of his bump. He said, I know this woman come. She had spent everything she had for 12 years on the doctors and had got nothing better. Here's J.R.'s. They're going to take care of dogs. Played out to be a little bit bitter. Uh, the Lord, uh, she's been dealing with this a long time. I went to the dentist a long time, right after we got married. We had an old fashioned dentist. And I was there getting my teeth done, what it was. This boy come in, and, and uh, the receptors were one of these old Matruska, you know, she, she didn't put up with much stuff. She's got, oh, I'm hurting, I'm dying, I'm dying. You know, got a toothache and everything. And then they were busy and all this kind of stuff. And, and finally, you know, uh, they didn't have any open anything. I, you know, I, I just can't wait. And she finally said to him, she said, how long has it been bothering you? He said, about a year. <laughs> and when he left, he left. <laughs> when he left, she said, one more day, it don't hurt. <laughs> You've been putting, hey, she's been putting up this, this part of her life. I know she wants to be, but it's not important. Wait a minute. No, I'm not going to say that. In our estimation, this would not be as important as the big mission. So Jesus just said, go away, leave No. You ever waited and anticipated big events? And you can't fool with all the little stuff until you get there. Jesus could. Study the life of Jesus, especially in his last week on that service. He's dealing with some little folks. I like he dealt with Zacchaeus. Y'all got a room back here for Zacchaeus, right? He dealt with little stuff. But I got time to do this. is no big deal. My Lord, uh, my girl, really sick. Really sick. You know the rest of the story. Verse 35 of this chapter. It says, while he yet spake. Now he's been dealing with this woman. It did cause him a little bit of hesitation there. I guess. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue, how certain would said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now let me just stop right here for just a second. I realize in this order, and I do not want to be insensitive. I realize that people lost some family members. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. But they are. They could have said, I don't know what they did, they probably didn't. While you were here waiting on Jesus and while you were fooling with that woman that had been sick for a long, long time, 
your daughter is dead, and notice what they said to their life. Don't bother me anymore. Have you ever limited the power of Jesus? Have you ever thought that Jesus could do this or that? Have you ever prayed? And I have. I'm afraid that I'm ashamed of it. Have you ever prayed and said, oh, I just don't think God can even do that? Shame on me and shame on us for doing that. But notice, they didn't have any hope. Their hope was gone. What about faith? They didn't have any. You can't do anything with them now. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said that to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, John, brother James. <clears throat> and he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sits the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. I've titled this lesson, and I think you will know why I decided to do this. The title of this lesson is the day that Jesus came home with Daddy. Now the reason I wanted to do that tonight is because I realized that Father's Day is coming up Sunday. And I want to ask you as we finish this out here just a little, I want to ask you to think if that's not important, you think about this. Here he was standing there waiting on Jesus. The only hope he had in life. And I'm telling you the day that Jesus came home with death. Changed the whole life of Jairus. It changed the life of Jairus' daughter. I know that to those of you who have lost loved ones, and I realize you read John chapter 11 and the disappointment that Mary and Martha had about Lazarus, and Lord, if you've been here, wouldn't have died. But Jesus said, well, I am the resurrection. And this is a lesson on hope. This is not a lesson on finality. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that Jairus could have been doing. No, he was waiting on Jesus. Some of those folks laughed in verse 39. When he was coming, he said, Then why make you this to do and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed in the storm. But when he put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. You ever been laughed at? We're living in a society in a time in our world today where Violence is involved. We're living in a time today where it looks like everybody's trying to get rid of all the rules and regulations. I'm not trying to be political here. I'm not trying to take sides. But I'm telling you from this that we've got to be right with the Lord. It's not a matter of all these other things. It's a matter of right and wrong. And the only way, the only way we're going to get right is for Jesus to come home with us as well. People are going to laugh at us. You ever thought about, you know, well, why, why are you doing that? Why are you there? And all, all these kind of things. Live for the Lord. People laugh at you. That sounds like what a preacher's folks say, doesn't it? 
We preach it from time to time. All the time. And sometimes you get the idea that, you know, that our thing is to come in and give a good talk. And everybody says, why is a good talk? You go home and forget about it. Only thing that will change this world. And you know that. Is Jesus Christ. And don't you let people lie. Don't you let people that have no hope tell you any different. Our only hope is in the Lord. And all these things that characterize those people, the laughter and the mocking and the doubt didn't stop Jesus. And then look at verses 41 through 43, the rest of And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say until he arrives. Straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straight up that no man should know it, and commanded that something be given her to eat. Read over in the book of Job. Job chapter 1 beginning and it talks about a day a day in which Job lost everything back to paraphrasing that and as one would speak something else Job lost everything what a day that was what a terrible day that was in the life of Job from a human physical standpoint what a great day it was for at least, at, at the very least, for the great day it was for that woman that had been dealing with that issue of blood, blood for 12 years. He got hit. What a great day for Jairus' daughter. She had her life given back to her. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, about the thief that comes in to destroy, steal, and destroy. I love this passage, the life for it. But I've come to give you life, and to give you a life abundantly. That lady with issue of blood got the abundant life back, restored to her heaven. Oh, but Jairus has done Not only got that, she got her life back. When you and I seem to think and we come to the point in life where it's all over, and I would share this with those in this audience today, there's hope, there's a resurrection. Jesus said that in John chapter 11, that he was the resurrection. Jesus can bring you to life as well. Such a story as this. I wonder if after the day that Jesus came home with Daddy, and by the way, I hope Jesus has come home with you, Daddy, that he had. Oh, what a day you're missing. 
I wonder if Jay Alice had any problem from that point on talking about how much he loved Jesus. I wonder if Jay Iris' daughter had any problem about talking about what Jesus meant to her. He gave her life. I wonder if that woman with the issue of blood had any problem talking about Jesus. You know why they talked about it? About him? Because of the blessings they received. They're very alive. I don't know what happened to the woman with the issue of blood later on. I don't know how long it will go yet. But they both died. And I bet they're both so thankful they met that man called Jesus. Why are you waiting, Jairus? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. An interesting thing, and then I'm going to read a little uh, statement here, and then I'll be through. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 19, let me just read that to you, and then we'll talk about this for a second. This is about the crucifixion of Jesus. When he was sat down on the judgment seat, his wife, this is talking about the Pilate's wife, sent unto him saying, this is talking when Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat. His wife sent unto him saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Now listen, this is just tradition. So don't go say, I don't find that. Now that verse is real. This is just tradition. I don't know if it's true. But tradition says that Pilate's wife and Jairus' wife were good friends. Do you think that may have had an influence on her thinking? Do you think that may have had an influence on her dreams as a result of their friendship. Do you reckon it was every time when Ms. Jayar and Miss Pye talked about Jesus. Father's Day is this Sunday. And I hope all of you fathers are living up to your standard. In this lesson, the biggest day that happened and this lesson was the day that Jesus came home with Dad. That's the best day you can have. No, it's not. That's the second best day you can have. The very best day that you have is the time when Dad Go home with Jesus. That's what this is all about. And if you hadn't come home, brought Jesus home to your home, don't expect to be able to go to his home as well. Read this little article. 
I don't even know where I got it, but it's out there. I'll, I'll sit down. To ask you this question in closing. Does Jesus live at your house? Does Jesus live at your house? The continued knock brought the mother to the door. A child stood there with a Bible in his hand. Without a word of introduction, he asked, Does Jesus live here? The woman, although a member of the church, was so taken back by the unexpected question that she did not answer. She didn't even remember what he said next, but watch him slowly walk away. All day, the question kept going through her mind. That evening, when her husband came home, she told him about it. He laughed and said, why didn't you show him the church directory with our name in it? You could have told him that we were nearly always seen, uh, we, we, that we nearly always sent our children to Bible class and we even go sometimes. Why didn't you remind that we give occasionally to the church and look upon ourselves as a respected Christian family? Yes, she said that is all true. And I could have told him all that. But he didn't ask me the things you mentioned. He asked me if Jesus lives here. And I've been wondering all day if he does. I hope when you go home tonight, you'll ask yourself that question. Not the questions, not the replies that could have been made. Does Jesus live in your house? The day that Jesus came home with death changed the whole family. And it'll change you as well. Thank you all for being so attentive. And I appreciate you getting to come and be a part of this.